Welcome back to another episode of Win Championship Repeat Boston Sports Podcast. And we got to talk about all things Red Sox because the season's not over. There's still games left, but yet they've been making big moves um, in the front office. And there are reports of a potential uh, superstar uh, level player who could be making his way to the Boston uh, Red Sox. So I want to talk about first uh, some... Uh, Reports involving uh, Cheryl Bloom and uh, his uh, departure from the Red Sox. So this was in many ways a surprise, but also in many ways something that was probably going to happen uh, eventually at some point. And there were a lot of Red Sox fans who were against Cheryl Bloom for how he's handled things with this team. And there have been a lot of other Red Sox fans, more so in uh, the category of Let's wait it out a little more, see how it goes. And I think, you know, the Red Sox basically went from two sides of the coin with Dave Dombrowski, who was the type of guy that wanted to win and wanted to just give up everything. And I think in a lot of ways, that is what works better. But what he tried to do ended up backfiring a little bit after we won a championship because we had no farm system. And so Cheryl Bloom was brought in in part to build up that farm system and at the cost of star players and at the cost of, you know, guys coming in. And so the Red Sox went from a team that was a World Series championship team to a team that was bottom half of the American League. And if this season is any indication, they're going to be most likely a four seed in the American League East. And it's not a great year. It's not a great year. And, you know, they moved on from Cherum Bloom in his position. And they uh, fired him. And they wanted to try and go for a different direction with this team. They wanted to go in a totally different way. And while there hasn't been any reporting on Cherum Bloom specifically, who's going to take over um, and everything... Um, what I will say is that they're going to try and find someone who can get us to be a winning team. And, you know, Cheryl Bloom got a lot of uh, flack. And my guess is the ownership group at some point in time is going to throw um, something in uh, his face, uh, basically saying, you know, some of our past uh, choices with moves and trades were uh, on Cheryl Bloom. So, I wouldn't be surprised if the ownership tries to pin the whole Mookie Betts thing on Sharon Bloom saying, yeah, well, it was his idea, you know, he wanted to do it, and we were all on board to get rid of, you know, some of that, you know, long-term money that we would have had to pay Mookie Betts, and so they could throw that on him, which I don't think it's really, um, you know, I don't really think that's the best way to go about it, but, you know, there is, uh, you know, a lot of um, good things uh that can come out of this situation. And, uh, you know, the Red Sox had to move on. They felt like they needed to move on. And, you know, he didn't make all the best moves as, um, you know, the guy running the show. And the Red Sox are a big market team. And if they don't want to spend the money, then they're going to have problems. But they need to, they need to go out there and you know, find someone who's a little bit better. Um, Cheryl Bloom had uh, some words to say about 
um, everything uh, involving the team. So here's his quotes. Uh, this was after he was fired. Um, so he said, I will always be grateful to John, Tom, Mike, and Sam for trusting me to lead the Red Sox baseball organization uh, department. Um, every day I gave my teammates and this organization everything I had, and I never took a second for granted. Um, great things are now in store for the Red Sox, and while I'm sad I won't be watching them from the same chair, I will still be very proud. Uh, Red Sox fans, you are the best. Your passion fueled me daily and added meaning to everything I've done here. You're much deserved, you very much deserved more championships, and you will get them. So, um, yeah, he is not taking this, uh, with ill will, um, and... He is, um, you know, happy with uh, how things went. And, you know, he is not uh, going out there and, you know, bashing on ownership and bashing on any of these uh, guys that kind of um, were the ones who uh, basically fired him. Uh, and so, you know, it seems like it was, you know, him just not working out for this team, which is 100% um, sort of how it is, um, and, uh, this is what was said, um, I guess from a team standpoint, uh, while parting ways is not taken lightly, today signals a new direction for our club, principal owner John Henry said in a statement, our organization has significant expectations on the field and why Cherum's efforts in revitalizing our baseball infrastructure have helped stage for the future, we will today begin a search for a new leadership. Everybody who knows Cherum has a deep appreciation and respect for the kind of person he is. His time with us will always be marked with professionalism, integrity, unwavering respect for our club, and legacy. So, uh, Sam Kennedy, CEO, said that the Red Sox plan to induct, conduct a broader search that could take a while and that there's no perceived plans to hire a more experienced candidate or another younger first-time baseball ops leader according to Boston Globe. So um, Kennedy uh, took the additional step of significantly calling out that he can rule out former GM Theo Epstein as a candidate. So there was reports of uh, Theo Epstein as a candidate. Uh, it's not going to be the case. Uh, they are moving on from Theo as a potential option. So um, that is uh, where we're at with him. Uh, now, in terms of Cherum Bloom specifically and the replacements, at least um, kind of who could potentially replace uh, Cherum Bloom uh, with the roster, um, we are going to have to look at some of the um, candidates that uh, really would uh, benefit uh, getting this job, uh, if um, we can talk about some of those right now. Um, and the first candidate is... Um, an internal one, and it would be in a lot of ways taking a playbook from the Boston Celtics. Um, and this uh, would include Alex Cora. So uh, as everybody knows, uh, Brad Stevens was the head coach of the Boston Celtics for several years before he was named the replacement for Danny Ainge in Boston. Um, and that has worked out so far pretty good. And so maybe the replacement is right under their noses, Alex Cora. He doesn't have the experience in the front office, but does have the experience as a 
um, you know, coach and a player. And, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, that's just kind of a good starting point. You know, Danny Ainge didn't have a ton of executive experience before coming to Boston. You know, a lot of other, you know, general managers just come in from the world of baseball or basketball or football without any knowledge of the front office stuff. And sometimes you need someone who played six seasons in the MLB or played, you know, 20 uh, years in the NBA or someone who was, you know, a champion for a basketball team or um, someone who in this case was a infielder for the Red Sox and won a championship in Boston and has connections with Big Poppy and Pedroia and some of these other guys who were in Boston when he was and he's a coach and won uh, a ring as a coach and so you know it wouldn't be the worst idea in the world bringing him in there um, and uh, yeah he could be someone who uh, gets that spot. Now some of the other uh, important names to look at include James Click who is uh, someone who was with the Astros uh, after their championship uh, and uh, was the vice president of baseball strategy with the Blue Jays. Um, he obviously, you know, was with um, a team with uh, Houston that had so many great players. Um, and Cherum Bloom uh, was uh, with the Rays and Click was with the Rays uh, in 2005. Um, so options. Number two is someone who has connections to both uh, New England and to the Red Sox. Mike Hazen, general manager of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, he was a Red Sox front office for more than a decade, but grew up in Ablington, uh, Albington, Mass. Uh, so he uh, was with the Red Sox as a farm director, moved up to vice president of player development and amateur scouting. Um, and Hazen was elevated to assistant GM when Ben Sherrington was GM. Um, and he was... Uh, the team's uh, general manager roughly three weeks uh, under Dave Dombrowski before taking uh, that position with far greater responsibilities in Arizona. So he could end up getting a shot. I don't know if they'll do it, um, but you never know. Uh, and then there's also uh, Emil Suarez. Um, he was a longtime assistant. Uh, he was with the Red Sox as a director of amateur scouting, ran the draft room for Boston from 2010 to 2016, uh, and he was instrumental in drafting Jackie Bradley Jr., Ben Intendi, Mookie Betts, Matt Barnes, um, so that's um, something as well. And then uh, executive of the year in the MLB last season, Chris Antonetti, um, and apparently he could be an option, even though he's got a good job with Cleveland if uh, he's got a great relationship with Terry Francona Terry Francona steps down as manager and retires um, well maybe Terry Francona could put in a good word for the Red Sox and he could be an option for um, the sort of Red Sox gig now there is an internal option besides um, I guess Alex Cora one with a little bit more experience Eddie Romero uh, he's an assistant GM and has been with the club since 2006 and was a key player in the regimes run by Theo Epstein, Ben Charrington, Dombrowski, and Bloom. So he specializes in international scouting and has helped the Red Sox sign uh, Raphael Devers, Sedane Rafaela, uh, Brian Bello, and others. So um, he could be an option as well um, if they want to go for that. 
And then we have um, another option, which is uh, Sam Fold. So this guy has uh, experience as a player, experience as a um, executive in that world, and uh, ties to New England. So um, he was someone that was uh, in contention for uh, the uh, manager of the Red Sox. Uh, around 2020, um, and with the core suspension, um, and so what ended up happening is he got the job as uh, the GM under Dombrowski in Philadelphia, so he's been, I believe, in Philadelphia for a while, but he is from New Hampshire and grew up rooting for the Red Sox, so um, he could be another option uh, if they want to look for one, and then uh, there is uh, John Daniels. And this is all just, you can find this online. I'm on MLB.com, but there's other, uh, you know, websites that have options and whatnot. So John Daniels, le leading the Rangers front office in 2005, um, and he was GM with the Rangers until August 2022, um, and uh, he was 28 when he got the job. He's 46 now. He's a senior advisor with the Rays, and... So he could be an option. And then we have former reliever, uh, general manager for uh, Los Angeles Dodgers, Brandon Gomes, uh, worked under uh, Andrew Friedman, uh, and uh, he's an executive. He's actually from Fall River, Mass., uh, which could be appealing to him to come back home and be a part of the, the Red Sox organization, I'm assuming, if he's from Fall River, and uh, he must be a Red Sox fan growing up also. So there's uh, that whole story. Um, and so those are some of the options that I've seen. Uh, obviously, I don't know exactly what they're going to do. I don't know where they're going to go with this. But, um, you know, those are some options. So the Cherum Bloom era in baseball is over. And now there's a new name that's going to be making their way through the organization at some point, And we'll just have to wait and see who that person is. So I want to talk about something that I saw online involving Chris Sale. And in 2022, uh, there was an apparent trade offer on the table involving Chris Sale to an unknown team or an unnamed team that will not be revealed. Um, and uh, the offer included taking on all of Chris Sale's money. And basically what they wanted was um, a couple of other players were going to get uh, thrown into this deal um, when it was all said and done, uh, and this team wanted to take all of the money, which was uh, important, I guess, uh, from a Red Sox standpoint, to get rid of uh, all that. And this is according to Rob Branford of WEEI, who talked about this recently. Um, there was, um, you know, a chance that they could have um, got rid of Chris Sale, but they didn't budge. Here's uh, his quote: uh, cool, uh, "Quote." Per a major league source familiar with the situation just before the 2022 deadline, and a few weeks after Chris Sale broke his finger in his second outing of the season, a team approached Bloom about dealing for the lefty. The acquiring club was agreeing to take on all the money left on Sale's two and a half years left $50 million contract uh, while sending some semblance of players. Um, Red Sox apparently wanted better players, and the deal didn't happen. Um, so obviously that is, um, something that was reported now that Sharon Bloom has gotten, uh, the ax, maybe more information on other stuff will come out on things that he 
potentially did or didn't do. Um, so, and then the final bit of information I want to talk about. Um, this is involving um, one of the best baseball players, period. Um, so Shohei Otani. Apparently, there's a few games left in the season. He has on the IR. And he packed up his locker room, and he's done. Um, and this comes after a tweet from Peter Gammons, in which Gammons reports uh, Shoei Otani having interest in Boston. So here's his tweet. Uh, NL executive long familiar with Shoei Otani believes he's interested in Boston, partly because of his relationship with New Balance CEO Jim Davis. Uh, Bo Sox problem, Masastaka Yoshida has to DH Otani, off Tommy John, Musty H, Sox, money mostly going to pitching. So first and foremost, uh, Yoshida can play left field or right field or anywhere in the outfield. Um, so that's not really an issue. Uh, also, Shoei can uh, in the future pitch, but I think he's going to have some injuries next year and he's going to just DH when he does play, which is fine. So I don't see there being an issue about the DH thing. I think it's going to be Shoei and he's clearly better and Yoshida is going to play the outfield. Now, there is a lot of things that Shoei can really get in Boston, besides just the money aspect. You know, having um, this connection with New Balance. New Balance is in um, Brighton, Mass., so there's uh, that. And, um, you know, he would be able to have sort of his own role in Boston. Uh, if he wants to DH, they're not going to say no. If he wants to play the outfield, they're not going to say no. And you know, he can kind of shuffle around where he needs to. He can pitch when he needs to. And so um, he does have some sort of, um, you know, glaring injuries. Um, and, uh, you know, I think uh, that could be a sort of stopping point on a lot of teams going for him. Uh, but uh, potentially, if he does come here, he would be a very good player for this team. And I don't really see how you can't go for it. And so I think this is just one of the moves that the Red Sox just need to go for because it doesn't look like they're getting better in terms of, you know, their prospects at the moment. And they don't have a ton of pitching prospects in general. And so they need to go out there and um, they need to go and grab um, someone uh, to really, you know, help their roster. And he can do just that. Uh, he had... Uh, a 10 and 5 record at a 3.14 ERA as a pitcher. Uh, 304 with 44 home runs and 95 RBIs in 135 games. Um, so he is a two way star, 29 years old. Uh, he is the overwhelming favorite for American League MVP. Um, so I really don't see any downsides to this situation. There are some people who do, uh, but I just think he's got to. You know, come to Boston because, you know, he wants to, you know, win and we can get him there with some added pieces. And, you know, I think uh, this is uh, uh, very uh, important. So uh, he could plug so many different holes with this team and um, that would be important. So, uh, you know, I think uh, that's, uh, you know, what I hope to see next year. And I think Otani is going to be a superstar again uh you know he does have his injuries but if he's healthy then that's all that matters and um you know we'll see what happens but it doesn't sound like he wants to stay in los angeles with the angels and so there's only a handful of teams that can pony up enough money uh to do that and to bring him in and i also just want to talk about something 
And if this has anything to do with the Otani situation or someone in general, uh, you know, this could be uh, sort of the uh, fallout effect from Xander Bogarts not signing with the Red Sox. So there were a lot of Red Sox fans that were upset that Xander Bogarts did not sign with the Red Sox, and he wanted a lot of money, which is fine. But what if the Red Sox knew that there was going to be a bigger name out there that fit better with our roster and they didn't want to sign Xander for that reason. What if they knew that Shoei or someone like that, maybe a Mike Trout, maybe a Shoei Otani, maybe some other big name was going to be available, they needed that open money to do so. And in many situations, it's hard to get rid of one of your staples like Xander Bogarts was. But they have uh, Trevor Story. They have in the minor leagues Nick York. They have um, Emmanuel Valdez. They have Marcelo Mayer. So there is no shortage of infielders for this team. And there are always options to sort of quick fix, uh, kind of fill stopgap spot uh, additions just to, to go for a season or two if we need them. And so having Xander in there would have tied us down with all that money and maybe it would have pushed us away from what could be a better fit in Shoei Otani. And he could be the greatest... Uh, designated hitter for the Red Sox since David Ortiz and could be basically securing that position for ideally 10 years you know he's 29 he could easily as a DH play until he's 39 um, you know and uh, he would be a big part of this roster and organization and maybe they chose to kind of steer clear of Xander because he wanted way more money than they were looking for and this could be one of the uh, results of their choices and so if the Red Sox get showy and they use money they could have spent on Xander, how is that going to make you feel? For me as a Red Sox fan, I am happy about that because, you know, you have someone in there who could potentially be not only a DH but an ace as a pitcher. So um, there's a whole bunch of needs for this team, and Xander was not filling a need except for the fact that he was just better than the options right now. And if Marcelo Mayer turns out to be a stud, if Nick York turns out to be a stud, um, then what are you going to want to have uh, an aging Xander Bogarts making um, tons of money? Not worth it. So um, that could have been part of the sort of chain of events on things um, when it comes to uh, you know this showy stuff and the Xander uh, last offseason.